morning, Church City. How are you guys doing? Good. It's so ha- I'm so happy to be here. Um, and it's my privilege to bring a little word to you this morning that I hope uh, it would bless you. So before I start, uh, let me just, I'm going right into it. I'm not even wasting any time, right? Um, let me just pray. Father, I thank you for everyone that is in this building. I thank you for everyone that is joining us online. Father, you see every need that is represented here today. But Father God, above all, you see that your people have tuned in, have come into church to hear a word from you. So Father, I pray that this word would go forth clearly and it would uh, it would touch hearts. They would receive it and bring forth fruit. In Jesus' name, I ask. And everyone say Amen. Amen. All right. So today I am going to be reading from the book of John uh, chapter 2. And this is a wonderful, wonderful story. This is actually uh, the first miracle that Jesus performed. And we're going to break down this story and we're going to pull a few things out of it. Okay. So we're going to read actually the whole story. And um, let's just go right in. Uh There we go. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Right? So let me break this down a little. Uh, Cana is a very, very small, remote village. It is said that standing by Nazareth, you can actually see Cana. So it's very remote, right? We know that one of the uh, disciples of Jesus that was probably at this wedding came from uh, Cana, which is uh, Nathaniel. So the Bible tells us that first, Mary was there already. She's already there. So we're thinking that somehow she has some relation to uh, the, the, wedding, the, the wedding party, the wedding couple. We know that Jesus and his disciples were invited. And what happens? They have no wine. Well, you know, for some of us, when for us who uh, put together a wedding, that's a very, very stressful time, right? It's very, very stressful, and it's one day. Well, let me give you a little bit of information on the Jewish wedding ceremony, right? So for the Jews, they would have a week-long ceremony. Can you imagine a week long? And what is, well, I'm married to this wonderful man, and I have the, <laughs> I have the privilege. I'm sorry, I, all, I always time myself. Sorry about that. <laughs> I have the privilege to go to so many beautiful, beautiful weddings. So I love weddings. With the Jewish wedding, they last for seven days. And what happens the first day, they have this ceremony. They have this big feast. And at the end of the night, the whole wedding party with torches walks through the village. And then everyone comes out and, ooh, ah, but they take the long way all the way to the house. I think that is beautiful. I love that. Because a Jewish wedding is all about the celebration and community. And when they get to the house, they have something that is called the open house. So for the whole week, food, drinks, celebration. So family members, the community is coming out. So you would think that these people would be prepared. 
right? But what happens? They have no wine. Well, this takes me to my first point. Mary is not getting married, right? My first point is you should have someone in your corner who can reach out to Jesus on your behalf. I know we go around every year, and it's not on purpose, but we have friends on our jobs, in our schools. We have people, you know, that we have thousands of friends online and all that good stuff, but we aren't intentional about getting people, having friends who are believers, who that you can reach out to and say, can you please pray for me? I am going through people who is going to intercede on your behalf. So for this year, 2022, I want you to be intentional but about having people that are mature Christians in your life. So that is point number one. Make sure you have someone in your life that can reach out to God on your behalf. Amen? And uh, point two, I'm going to bring out uh, a quick point on this one, too. Uh, God is concerned with a need that you have, but you might not be aware of. Because when you take a look at this story, there is no wine, and you're not hearing so far anything about the couple. They aren't even aware that they are out of wine. But here comes Mary to Jesus. She goes and she lays the request at his feet and says, Jesus, there is no more wine. Amen? At this point, um, scholars believe that Joseph was dead at this point. Because you don't see, you don't hear about Jesus, about Joseph after this, right? And sometimes we don't think about how Jesus can relate to our family structure. Because if Joseph is not there, this means that Jesus had to remember in these times, women did not have power. They couldn't get jobs. They couldn't get property. So Jesus would be the one that would step out and take care of the family, right? So this is a position where there's no more wine. And Mary now turns to her son, what a mother would do. There is no more wine. What should we do, right? Let's move on. Um, and Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not come yet, <laughs> right? So he, he kind of uh, rebukes her a little, right? A little soft re rebuke. I want you to pay very, very close attention to that because this is going to bring me to my third point, which says, train your mind in every situation to go to God first. So let's, let's rewind. There's a wedding. There's no wine. Jesus is there. And Mary turns to Jesus and says, there is no more wine. And Jesus says, what does it have to do with me? My hour has not come. For some of us, well, let me not skip over. I want you to train your mind in every situation to go to God first because this is what Mary did. That was the first thing she did was to go and take it to Jesus. For us, when we come across certain difficulties, you know what we do? If you're like me and I'm, I'm stressed and I'm struggling, I'm eating Baskin Robbins all day, all night. I am washing dishes like 
I'm working in a restaurant. That's how I'm getting off my stress, right? For some of us, we're stressed. Stuff is hitting us all over the place, and we go and sleep. Some of us cry it out. Some of us work so hard to try to not think about it. But I want you this year, 2022, to train your mind to go to Jesus first like Mary did. Don't wait until it's the big stuff when you're looking for a healing, when you don't have any jobs. But those little stuff, you know, sometimes when you do those little white lies, you say, oh, it's just a little white lie. I want you to take that to God and say, God, you got to help me with this. When you're snapping at your kids, don't wait until your kids hate you, but say, God, please help me to have that love for my kids. So 2022, I want you to train your mind to go to God first in everything, right? So Jesus says to her, uh, what does this have to do with me? Yes, she's being a little bit, she's being rebuked, right? Because I want you to pay close attention. Jesus says, my hour has not come yet. And if you read the book of John over and over again, you'll see that phrase, my hour, my hour, because Jesus had a purpose for him coming. His hour was the cross, right? So it wasn't based on Mary trying to, remember, Mary is Jesus's mother, but Jesus is her Lord. It's not based on her timing when he's supposed to come out publicly, but it's based on his. So he rebukes her. But I want you to remember my point. God is concerned with your need. And sometimes when we think that he's not going to answer, he does. So train your mind in every situation to put God first. Let's move on. Let's read. I just want to grab my water. I'm so sorry. Yes. Amen. Amen. That was a loud gulp. <laughs> sorry about that. So his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. How many of us need to have confidence like this woman? This leads me to my, I think it's my fourth point. Have confidence that God is working and do whatever he says. So she comes and she lays it, this request at Jesus' feet. And Jesus says, what does this have to do with me? And she turns to the servants and says, do whatever he says. Didn't give them any option to say, oh, man, uh, should we go do this? Should we go do it? No, whatever he says, I need you to do it because she is saying he has the answer. You know, Jesus could have probably gone. Well, actually, some, some scholars say, well, it is the first time. Maybe we can think that Mary is alluding for Jesus to do uh, um, uh, the first miracle, a miracle or something like that. They say, oh, can't be because this is his first miracle. Mary would not know that. Of course Mary would know that. The Christmas season just passed, right? We remember when the angels were talking to the shepherds and the shepherds went and spread the message to Mary and she treasured all those things in her heart. There were prophets were saying to her, hey, a sword is going to pierce your heart. This is the man that's going to talk to all of the Gentiles. So Mary was aware of the power that was standing next to her. Amen? So um, 
Let me just move on a little bit. Have confidence that God is working and do whatever he says. What did he say? The first instructions. Let's move on. I believe it's verse 6 I'm on. Now, there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification. And, you know, the Jews, for ceremonious reason, religious reasons, they wash their hands and utensils, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they fill them up to the brim. That was the first instruction. Fill it up to the brim. So do whatever he tells you. The first thing he says is fill it up to the brim. The second thing Jesus says now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. And what happened? When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine. The first thing I want you to notice, and this is my point, is that your miracle is in your obedience. When Mary said to them, do whatever he says, he has the answer. Yes, he could have gone and opened up, you know, talked to the shop owner. Uh, shop owners and say hey can I get some wine yes he could have say let's let's try to see what we can mix he could have done all that but the truth is whatever he said to do would have been the answer that's how we as believers that's what we have to do believe that our miracle is in our obedience our answer is in the obedience sometimes and this is very important for 2022 as a believer. The simple things like filling up the jar seems like it doesn't make sense. The simple things that says read your Bible and it will help you, it doesn't make sense. Well, why is reading my Bible going to help me in 2022? You know, every time you talk to a Christian, they say, yeah, read, read your Bible, read your Bible, because it works. I want to bring you, you probably know this, but I'm going to bring it out a little bit. When you read your Bible, the Bible says in the book of Peter, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came into the pro was no prophecy. I'm, mess I'm messing it up. I'm sorry. No prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. That prophecy, that prophets, though human, spoke as from God as the Holy Spirit carried them along. What that means is when you open up that Bible, it is not the prophets, it's not the author's interpretation of things. It is the Holy Spirit that carried them along, not in a trance, but the Holy Spirit was the one that brought that book that he has left for us. And the beauty of it is that when Jesus died on the cross, he says, when I go, I must send another. 
And that other is the Holy Spirit. That is the spirit of all truth. So when you open up this Bible, the same spirit that was the author is the same spirit that is going to lead you to truth. That's why when you speak to Christians, they say, read your Bible. The obedience in that is where your miracle lies. When they say, come to church, God wanted us to congregate. It sounds simple, but it builds you up. When he says, love one another, yeah, it's hard, but why do I have to love him? It sounds simple, but I want to remind you that your obedience will give you your answer. Your obedience has your miracle and your answer tied up into it. Amen? Um, let's move on. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed. My last point is God can do in seconds what we, oh perfect, we have been trying to do for a long time. Because when you look at this story, they were out of wine, and all Jesus said to them was, go fill it up. He didn't even say, after you fill it up, let me taste it. Go fill it up and take it to the master, or some of your Bibles might say governor of the feast, which is just the, the big host of the feast. Everything goes through him. Let him taste it. And when he tasted it, it was good. Something interesting. Remember a few seconds ago, I'm telling you about reading your Bible, loving one another, doing all these things. A part of our Christianity is doing those things. Those are the things that we are supposed to fill up on. So that the next step, when Jesus says, let me draw it out of you, it should be something there. But for a lot of us, because we haven't been filling up on the things that God wants us to fill up on, there is nothing that he can draw out. But we need to be obedient to that. Amen? And we don't know when the water turned to wine. We don't know when they brought the jars. That's when it turned to wine. We don't know when they dipped it in. That's when it turned into wine. We don't know when he put it to his mouth. At that point, he turned, it turned into wine or when he tasted it. We don't know when it happened. And a lot of us want to know when the miracle is going to happen. It's not for us to know, but it's for us to have confidence that whatever he says, it will come to pass. And when you do get your answer, when you do get your miracle, like the last verse says, it just doesn't benefit you. But because of this first miracle, the Bible says that the disciples believed. That is very important. I'll tell you something. This past week, we were um, talking to a few pastors. We had a meeting with some pastors. And Pastor Rich was talking to one on the side, and I was speaking to uh, this man who was a helper in the church. And he started to show me pictures of his family. And, you know, you have little conversations like that. And he turned to me, he says, this is my youngest son, 
And he said, um, they're a beautiful couple, right? I said, yes, they're beautiful. Very, they were actually beautiful. Because sometimes, you know, you say, yeah, they're beautiful, right? <laughs> but they were really beautiful. And he said to me, I want to show you this picture. And he showed me a picture of her in the hospital. She was having a baby. And those aren't the nicest pictures. Only a father-in-law would do something like that. He's so happy, right? And he says to me, out of the blues, he says to me, they had everything. They had the money, because both are bankers. They have the car. They have the businesses. And, and, she, and he says, finally, they have the baby. He said to me, they were committed Christians. And finally, they had the baby. And I said to him, well, how long did they wait? He said, 17 years. I said, I'm going to tell someone about this because the truth is when we go and lay our requests at Jesus's feet, we sometimes think that he's not hearing us. But I want you to know that in your obedience, your answer lies. You are more concerned about when it's going to happen other than it is going to happen because Jesus has the answer. Amen. So what you have been trying to do for years, Jesus, within seconds, can change it. I want you to stop looking at your life like, I am too old. I am, I've had so many husbands. I, I'm so far gone. I should have done. I, I, I want you to stop doing that, and I want you to open up this book and the blessings that God has given he, if you just look at the history of the Bible, the history and knowing that this book is still here, there is power in this book. And the power belongs to his people. So don't think about, oh, it's my season has gone. Because interestingly enough, in this story, it was close to Passover time. So this wasn't the, the time that they would harvest the grapes. It's fall. So this wasn't even the season. So you stop thinking about my season and start having that confidence in God that he has the answer to what you need. Amen. And I will wrap it up, Pastor Rich, <laughs> with this. I'm sorry. I'm so quick. But I want you to, uh, I just want to recap a little bit. The miracle that God has for you, the answer that you have been looking for, he will send it to you. I want you for 2022, be intentional about having godly people around you. Mature Christians around you. Don't isolate yourself. We weren't supposed to live in isolation. Amen. I want you to have confidence that God is always working. When Jesus was on the, on the earth and he healed on the Sabbath, they were tight. But Jesus said to him, my God is always working. And so am I. So he's not off the clock. He is not resting. He is seeing all of us. Amen. That is confidence that you should walk in daily. Amen. 
I want you to know that your miracle is in your obedience. And what God can, what you take mad long to do, God can do it like this. And it's not just for you. Your miracle, your answer is not just for you. But it will benefit others. For believers, that is an encouragement for you to testify. A lot of us bring our request to God, request to the pastor, and when the answer comes, we're silent. But your testimony builds us up. Amen? So for 2022, I want you to be intentional. Amen? Thank you, Sister Sherry. Come on, y'all. Give it up for Sister Sherry. That's a good word.